0: everybody welcome into the irish nfl show uh, a special show today joined by the usual lads here you can see colin brian mark uh, welcome in lads today we've got a guest like none other a guy as a five-time pro bowler a uh, quarterback in the pro football hall of fame and a guy the only quarterback to lead his team to four consecutive super bowls the perfect time the perfect season for it jim <laughs> kelly jim welcome in man
1: Thanks for having me. Now you, you can't say record holder of the Buffalo Bills because Josh Allen just broke a couple of my records last night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he did indeed. And look, some of us, uh, obviously, this is going out on Thursday, but 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 that game on Monday night was just unbelievable. And we will come into it in a second because it was such a big game and such a brilliant result if you weren't a Patriots fan. There's, there's a couple here, or at least one here, Jim, but... Uh, I guess we'll just introduce you. got column here,
1: column. Welcome in.
2: Hi, Jim. Delighted to have the opportunity to to speak to you. I love the uh, salute to service gear there.
1: Thanks, Colum. I Appreciate it, but I love the name. I have a cousin, of course, from Ireland, and his name's Column also. So we're, I get a column, a Declan, and a oh, just about three or
3: four others. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, hi, it's uh, Brian here, and um, I'm a Giants fan, and. One of my first ever games to watch properly was, unfortunately for you, the first Super Bowl of the four, when the Giants won and Scott Norwood missed that uh, field goal. But uh, great times! (laughs) Uh, Great great times for me back then. I was only a young boy, but uh, obviously still great times for you in terms of your career. Yeah. Oh,
1: good. Go ahead. No, Jim, I was
4: just going to say, Brian's bringing up bad memories for you, but um, I'm a Patriots fan, so uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. I never liked you anyways. No, I know, I know. But I mean, it's a a pleasure to meet you, and obviously everything you've contributed as a player and as a man, um, it's a real pleasure, but uh, it would be good for me if it wasn't the week that the Bills have swept the Patriots for the first time in 21 years. Um, That's a bit disappointing, but I'm sure you're very delighted about that.
1: Well, here's the thing. You know, you got the you had the bragging rights for way too long. And as soon as you guys got rid of Tom Brady, I knew you were all going downhill. <laughs> Belichick can't be that winning coach like everybody thinks he is, unless he had Tom Brady on his side. And Tom is a very good friend of mine, but uh I've been begging him to leave New England and retire for the last four or five years. But he don't listen very well.
0: <laughs> well, um, we're going to jump into it just really quickly. Tom Brady left New England on St. Patrick's Day. As a Broncos fan, the greatest St. Patrick's Day ever. But let's jump into St. Patrick's Day. Jim, you're on an Irish NFL show. Your surname's Kelly. What is your Irish heritage, or do you have a significant heritage? Is there much you know about it that you can tell us?
1: I know something about it. little, As a matter of fact, uh, my family's from uh, outside Belfast. Um, I have some, you know, family members that are um, from the uh, Cork area. And um, as a matter of fact, this is the the bad part about this COVID that we're all going through. On my son's foundation last year, we auctioned off a trip to Ireland with me and my five brothers on a private plane. And we wind up selling it for $100,000, which is awesome. And unfortunately, as you well know, and everybody listening knows, uh, it was canceled. So we're hoping and praying that we're going to be able to go this coming summer. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I have some uh, friends that they try to come over every year over here. I have some relatives that come over. Me and my five brothers have never been there before. We've always wanted to go there. There's been a couple instances where a couple brothers were sick and things like that. So we couldn't really go. I've been through the, the cancer battle in the last uh, eight years. So we had to put a lot of things off and um, because of course, uh, brother Jim was taking care of everything. So we had to put a little off and, but um, you know, hopefully we'll get back uh, again this coming summer.
0: Well, I have to, you know, selfishly jump in here with two things, Jim. I live 35 minutes from Belfast. So you have to hit me up if you ever do. I, I've got the Northern connection now in that sense. And I, I, Do not want to forget this, Jim, because they said to me yesterday, the Buffalo Bills or Buffalo Bills is the Irish supporters group here. So I said I would say hello to them. And and they're they're buzzing that you're speaking to guys from Ireland. So again, thank you very much as I pass over to Colin.
2: Jim, um, I want to take you back, I suppose, doing some research for this. Um, I know you talked about working with Mouse Davis and the work that you put in in terms of trying to become a better quarterback, uh, working on the passing game, on your footwork. I suppose, you know, you're a legend of the sport. I'm interested in hearing about, you know, making that transition from college to the pro game. What What is that like for a young athlete?
1: Well, it was, uh, at the beginning it was tough because where I played at the University of Miami in Florida, um, our offensive system was a lot different. But to make the long story short, I didn't want to play in Buffalo, and I was drafted by the Bills, and I said, I'm not playing there. And I wound up going to the USFL, and I played in Houston, Texas for the Houston Gamblers, and Miles Davis was my quarterback coach and our offense coordinator, and he had to run and shoot offense, more of an offense set up to run and throw the ball a lot. And uh, I am not a running quarterback, so I figured, I don't know if this is going to fit me. But it did. It made me work on my footwork. It made me work on my higher release, throwing the football. So that all worked well for me because two years later, the league folded and I was able, you know, we tried to work out a trade, but the Bills would not trade me. So I wind up in Buffalo. But to be honest with you, that was probably one of the best decisions I ever made with becoming (laughs) a Buffalo Bill. That was in 1986. And I am still in Buffalo, living, and I love it here. The people, as you guys, if you're a big Bills fan, know about the Bills Mafia and how crazy those guys are. But it all, I took a big step in my professional career when I went to Houston, had Miles Davis as my coach and coordinator. He prepared me for the NFL.
3: Jim, in terms of uh, your career, uh, is there only one particular moment, one, perfect, one game um, that stands out more than anything else. Like for me looking in over the years, the it's not the four Super Bowls that I actually think of. I actually think of that Oilers game in ninety three, and I know you didn't necessarily play in that game. Frank Reich was the quarterback in the in the game against the Oilers in the playoffs. I'm so just wondering, is there any there any game that stands out, even if you didn't play, more so than others?
1: Boy, you 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 your accent's like listening to somebody speaking Spanish. What? <laughs> I I heard something about the Houston Oilers game and is there a game that sticks out in my career? I think, but if it's not that, it's what it's going to be. That, <laughs> yeah, that's I, it. That's it. Uh, yeah. I. You know what? I've been very blessed. Uh, I played in Houston. That was a big game. Um, I know the comeback game. I was not the quarterback at the time, but um, I wind up coming back in and leading the team uh, back to the Super Bowl, which was really cool. But. To be honest with you, from my mental approach of looking back at my career, I look back and and probably my first game ever as a Buffalo Bill in 1986, I remember uh, playing against the New York Jets. And I ran out of the tunnel, ran onto the field when I was introduced. And I almost probably, to be honest with you, I think I probably had a tear or two in my eyes because I was able to, I guess growing up in a family, I did with six boys, and no girls. Our dream was to be able to be good enough to take care of mom and dad and be successful enough to be able to take care of mom and dad. And when I ran out there, I knew I not only was able to do that because the salaries of the NFL back in the day. Um, I wanted to make my five brothers proud of their brother. And uh, I, I looked up in the stands and there they were. And I knew they were there in full force. Probably, you know, I know for a fact, way too many beers, way too many Irish whiskey shots. and uh, But you know what? I could hear them. I knew that they were there for a reason. That was to cheer their brother on. So uh, there's so many great games that I played in over my career. I had so much fun. And of course, going to my first Super Bowl, that was uh, a dream come true for me. I mean, even though I never dreamt about uh, being in, like the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I dreamt when I was a little boy that I was going to lead my team down uh, in a Super Bowl with two minutes to go in the game and win it. Well, everything happened that day, Super Bowl 25, where I led my team down the field with two minutes to go to the Super Bowl. And as one of you wackadoodles um, already brought up uh, Tampa wide right, we lost the Super Bowl. But uh, those are some good days. I'll I'll tell you that much.
4: Jim, um, you kind of already alluded to, you obviously started professionally in the USFL. You know, you came out of the probably the most famous quarterback draft of all time, the 83 draft, had the option, went to Houston, um, nearly played for the New York Generals. And then obviously your first professional game as a bill ended up being against the New York Jets. But I'm just conscious at a macro level, the USFL... Even with all its backing, all its great stars like you, Doug, Williams, Steve Young, it couldn't sustain itself. And we've seen over the last couple of years, a couple of other spring football leagues collapse um, again. I'm just wondering, do you see that there's ever a viable alternative or product that could be out there other than the NFL? Like, is there ever an end to the hegemony of the NFL?
1: No, you know what? We had, as you said, we had a lot of great players that were in that league. If we would have stayed, I think, in the summer, I think it would have lasted. Um, we were getting – I think we got three Heisman Trophy winners in a row. Yep. Um, we were starting to build a um, a fan base that you need to have in order to sell season tickets. And we were – we had some pretty good teams that definitely could have competed – Against somebody top, no, I shouldn't say top NFL team, but the mediocre ones uh, right away. But we would you want to that up? Nowadays, um, they try to do different things, try to make the game a little bit different to excite the fan, but there's nothing like the NFL. There never will be. And it is the granddaddy of them all. They talk about baseball, talk about, you know, hockey, things like that. But um, the granddaddy of them all is the National Football League. And I have friends that play rugby. I go. Are you crazy? Uh, I, as tough as people think I am, there ain't no way I would have played rugby. I, except I played that pretty much every day when I was with my five brothers in the backyard. That's all we did was beat up on each other, tap each other, and tried to take their heads off. I mean, we did that. But these rugby players, man, they're God bless them. They're crazy, and I, I love watching it though.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, it's one thing I can't play to, to be honest, Jim. But maybe. Uh... We'll try it sometime, lads, in, in in some back garden, Jim. Um, since you retired, and I guess all throughout your career as well, you've been through a, a number of personal challenges, medical challenges. I, uh, you know, just to name that there. Could you maybe tell us about how you stay positive so much all the time? Because you really have that radiance of positivity and. If you want to maybe as well maybe tell people especially in europe involved in the nfl maybe about your foundations the work you do i know you touched on it there about the trip to belfast but especially on hunter's hope foundation i know you have a family foundation as well kelly's football camps sorry if that's wrong but it even was just want to tell us about that there
1: yeah i've um um yeah it's been pretty tough from 2000 on these last 15 20 years um long story short sure, because it really is a long story and um we are coming out well the pro football hall of fame i we teamed up with them and we're doing a um a movie about mine and my wife's life about you know when i retired from the game of football um i had a son born on my birthday which was valentine's day that you know the son every man dreams about having and uh and he was diagnosed with a fatal genetic disease and he passed away at the age of eight years old. And from that point on, I thought, you know, after I retired I and kick back, relax, enjoy my life. And then he, my son was born on my birthday, the excitement there. And then him, then me going into the pro football hall of fame, how exciting that was. And then very shortly after that, he passed away. And then a few years after that, I was diagnosed with cancer my first time. Uh, they had to take the left side of my jaw out. Repair that and uh, cancer was gone for a year and then it came back. But this time it came back with a vengeance, it just came back. I wound up going through chemo radiation and they gave me less than a 10% chance of living. Pretty much everybody um, wrote me off. Everybody pretty much said, well, you know, there's only one person knows that day and that's a good Lord. And I think good Lord's ready for Jim, but my family, my three, my, my two beautiful daughters, my wife, my five brothers, never would let me ever think about giving up. And like my brothers, I'd be in a hospital room and not feeling good. And they are like, come on, we're going to go for a walk. I'm like, no, that's okay. And they're like, get your butt up. We're going for a walk. Let's go. And they would pick me up and they'd make me walk. Um, but the thing is, they never once walked into my hospital room with a frown on their face. They walked in with an attitude that would make my day better what they said, how they said it, and how they acted around me. And every day they came in it made me smile. And the bottom line is, it's all about the attitudes. You know, you don't have to be a Jim Kelly or some top basketball player or an NFL player, or, you know, even a soccer player. And you can be a normal person works nine to five. You can be a truck driver. You can be a difference maker. And I know, by going through all the trials and tribulations I've been through in my life, I get it. Because there's so many people, and I thank God for it, to tell me, Jim, what you say makes a difference for my family. And I've been able to travel the country, speaking to different companies, different organizations. That's what I do now. And my saying is, make a difference today for someone who is fighting for their tomorrow. Make a difference today for someone fighting for their tomorrow. And I realized those words mean so much to so many people. And now we have my son's foundation, Hunter's Hope, and uh, we are making a difference. We're giving kids now, kids, babies, a chance to dream like I was able to do as a little boy. And uh, It's what God gave me going from losing the four Super Bowls to, you know, um, uh, having a son born on my birthday and him passing away. And then my battle with cancer, not once, not twice. But three times, and uh, but I am traveling now. I'm able to do that, and hopefully, I pray that I am making a difference for others.
2: We can hear what an incredible person you are, and what an incredible family you you have uh, around you. That that's very obvious, and I suppose, like. Looking then, um, the, the work you're doing. I suppose looking at that. In, in if we take you back, I mean, you played a significant role in in turning things around um, at, at in, in college at Miami and with with the Bills. You know your your footballing ability. You know you're you're a Hall of Fame quarterback. That that's obvious. But from reading around the people, your leadership everyone talks about jim kelly's leadership can you talk to us about your approach to leadership jim
1: yeah um i think that's one of the most important things i think on any type of uh sports uh, team is leadership i guess you're not just in sports as you guys already you probably well know too no matter if it's in a business it shoots at top and the number one thing it's called respect do you have the respect of the people around you do you have the respect of your employees your teammates um, and I think at the beginning, I might always say, it's not what you say to somebody, it's how you say it to them, to get them to number one, believe in what you believe, not to follow you, but to join you, join you in what you're believing. And you have to be able to sell them. It's not being your salesman to a certain point, but them understanding where you're coming from and be able to say it in a way that they want to uh, join you. And I think, when I became a Buffalo Bill, I took it slow. Um, I didn't want to be one of those guys that came in and just started thinking I was the boss from day one. I wanted to get, number one, the respect from my teammates and from the coaches. That's why later on in my career, um, the coaches pretty much handed me the offense. And they said, Jim, this is your offense. We have that much respect for you. We have that much confidence in you. It's your offense. You run it. And I had great coaching during the course of each week. And then I called all the plays, which was when we started to really um, hit on all cylinders. I mean, my receivers, running back. I have two. I had two wide receivers, James Lofton and Andre Reed. Both of them went into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Behind me, Thurman Thomas, one of the greatest all-purpose running backs in the history of the NFL. I was blessed to have great people around me. But you know what? It started from the beginning. You go through your tough times, but the thing is. It's called respect, and they respect me enough to listen to what I had to say, and the rest is history.
3: Jim, you touched on the Patriots earlier and their dynasty potentially coming to an end. When you reflect on your own career, do you wish you had an opportunity to have gone up against Belichick and Brady when Marv Levy had that, you know, when you had the great teams? It would have been a great great, uh, matchup.
1: Yeah, you know what? You always want to play against the best, and I think Tom Brady is the goat, the greatest of all time. I mean, he's got some competition without a doubt. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers. You got some young guys coming in, like a Patrick Mahomes. You have, you know, Josh Allen. You got some really good guys that are coming on. But you know what? The the, the whole. Um, Football life now has changed. They can't touch a quarterback anymore, which I think is pretty good. Sometimes I get mad when I see some of these plays called – I mean penalties called on these defensive ends. They hardly touch them and they start throwing flags. But the receivers can't be touched anymore. Going across the middle – I remember when I played, it was, you know, let me see if I can rip, you know, Kelly's head off. Let me bury him in that Astro turf. It's not field turf. It's Astro turf. Cement on the bottom. I had my bumps and bruises, but you know what? Tom Brady and Bill Belichick—they uh, did it the right way. Uh, Tom was one of those quarterbacks. My old saying was, "Take what they give you, and that long one will come." They did a very—they did a very good job. I don't know if they would have been able to keep up with our offense, but you know what? It's always good when you say, "I wish I could," you know, play against this team. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how it would turn out.
4: Yeah, I mean, you had plenty of jewels with Marino and Schuler, obviously twice Ooh. a year in that division as well. So um, you went against the best there were at the time. And um, Jim, I know you've alluded to the great support your family gave you, obviously during your your health struggles in the last while, and obviously um, all the personal matters. And and kind of explain your philosophy, if you like, on leadership. But I'm 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 inherently curious when when you started off your career coming out of high school you were recruited by a number of colleges and all you wanted to do was be the starting quarterback at Penn State under Joe Paterno. And Joe Paterno turned around to you and said, we've already got two all pro quarterbacks, but we'd love you to play linebacker. And and you as a young, young man at this stage had the inner belief and inner self-worth, if you like, to say, thank you very much for the opportunity, but I'm then gonna play quarterback at the University of Miami. And, you know, as, a, as an outside looking at all the decisions in your life, then when you come the USFL, bringing your team and leading your team to four Super Bowls and things like that. I'm just curious, where does that inherent inner belief, that self-belief emanate from? Because that's you. That's not your family. That's not us, that's, that's Jim Kelly.
1: Well, the thing is, I, like I said earlier, I grew up in a family of six boys. And we were all about rough, tough. Um, you never let anybody, you know, beat up on you. You always had your brothers around, but you fought your way out of all the battles. It wasn't like, a, okay, we're all gonna team up on you. It's like, you know what? You got to take care of your own battles. And you learn to be tough when you're with six boys. Trust me, my dad was a golden glove boxer in the Navy. He taught us boxing, he told us how to fight. Um, we learned that way. We ne- Thank God we never got in trouble because of that. But um, you know what? I, I remember coming out of high school. Um, I was being recruited by some schools as a linebacker, but I didn't want to play it because one of the things that my brother, Pat said, he said, Jim, I got a few words of advice for you. And my brother, Pat is my oldest brother. He said, before you board those chartered airplanes, he said the flight attendants or back then it was they were called stewardesses. The stewardesses never want to know who the linebackers are. They always want to know which one's the quarterback. And I said, so I need to hear brother. I'm a quarterback. I hung up on, I'm a quarterback. So that turned me into, even though I knew that's what I wanted to do anyways, I wind up going to the university of Miami. My first start ever as a college quarterback as a freshman was against Penn state and we'd wind up beating them. And, uh, it's so much for uh, Joe Paterno when it turned me into a linebacker. So yeah, it all started from that day in Penn state and, The rest is history. Here I am, a retired NFL player, played 13 years professionally in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I've been blessed to have the life that I have, even though I've been through a lot of ups and downs in my life. You know what? It's all in one person's hand, and that's a good Lord. So I just take day by day, uh, you know, year by year, and see what happens.
0: Jim, um, let's look at these guys yourself, Mar Levy, Bruce Smith, Furman Thomas, you know, this Bills team. This uh, Kegon offense, you know, you guys went up against Shula and Marino twice a year for for many years. Do you think that that, that this Bills team gets the credit it deserves? Four Super Bowls in a row, really going down as one of the great, you know, the all time great teams.
1: Yeah, no, I I think we do. I mean, of course, you know, it's just like anything. You know, people negativity people got to be heard anyways. And if you're not a Bills fan, you're not going to talk that great about it. But to the people that know. Know the game of football. Know the game of sports. Understand, especially professionally, to go back four in a row will never be seen again. Yeah, we didn't win. Of course we wanted to win, but we did not win. But just think about that. Think about the mental approach to being able to go back. All the negativity that you hear in the offseason from people saying, oh, Buffalo Bills, again. we don't want to go back. But you know what? The further we're removed, From those days, the more people respect what we were able to do because now they understand because of all the social media. How many athletes say to go to one is about as hard as you can get, but to go two, three, four times in a row, that will never, ever happen again because I have to focus on being a leader, making sure my teammates are focused and ready to go the year after losing. Physically, wise, physical-wise, I knew they'd be ready and, you know, lifting, running, doing all that. But mentally, you're not sure. But I, it didn't take me very long to realize that all these guys were all my teammates. They knew how to listen. They knew how to win. But they, i tell you what, they never, ever will give up. And all those people that know sports understand what we did was very, very difficult and almost impossible to do. So to respect yeah, we'd love to have a couple people say congratulations on winning the Super Bowl. I'm one of them. I wish I could have said that. But I'm proud to say I'm a Buffalo Bill and I always will be.
2: Jim, I suppose building on that, you, we we've talked about your leadership. We've talked about your phenomenal inner belief. You know, one of the things I'm struck by, though, is... And you mentioned earlier, you know, you're proud to be a Buffalo Bill. Going to Buffalo was one of the best decisions. But obviously that wasn't what you you initially had wanted. But look how it turned out. But to have the strength of character to, to recognize that Initially, maybe, you know, it, 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 there were reasons for it, but, you know, it, it, you, you didn't want to go there and then it, it has become home for you. And I know that, um, you know, that, that it, there, your, your son rests there and there are, re, there are reasons, but you are Buffalo. I mean, you are true and true. Can you talk to us maybe a little bit about the, that journey, <laughs> but also the strength of character to, to recognize that, you know, the, to change, to grow as a person?
1: Yeah, there's no doubt. And I never thought that when my career was over, I was going to be in Buffalo. But after year, after year, after year being here and realizing how great the people are, how they rally around you, no matter what the situation is, whether it was when we were losing, we lost those Super Bowls, We come back, we come back to 20, 25,000 people greeting us. And then of course, with the football camp I've had, I mean, I have five, 600 kids at my camp every single year for 30, 40 years. My golf tournament, 35 years, we raised millions and millions and millions of dollars for the less fortunate right here in Western New York. And I, I loved it. And uh, I have a beautiful hunting lodge in the country about an hour away from my home. Um, the, but to hot, you know, with all the stuff that I'm going through and all the stuff that my son went through when he was alive and here, how these people here, if you need something, they're there for you. And that is probably one of the main reasons that I still live here is because of the people, whether it's the hospital workers, whether it's the police officers, all the people here. When you are from Buffalo, you're a homeboy. You're one of those guys that don't do whatever it takes. As long as you're, you're respectful and you do and say the right things, because, you know, it's just like anybody, be respectful. Somebody, if a police officer comes up, yes, sir. Yes, sir. No, sir. You do what you're supposed to do. And everybody in Buffalo understands it, whether it's by one of them or it's your, your, your head football coach, your head basketball coach, whatever the case may be. The number one thing is respect, respecting people in Buffalo, New York, respect each other. And uh, I love it here.
3: Jim in 2008, the first uh, NFL game was played in the UK and here we are 13, going on 13 years later, four games a season being played in London. The game has grown so much during that period. Just what's your thoughts on the game itself outside of the US in terms of the support and the continued speculation about the Jaguars moving to London at some stage? Do you think that will become a reality?
1: Ah, You never know. I loved it. I mean, I've been over a couple times to a couple games. I loved it. I played in Berlin one time I played in, I think, London once. <laughs> too many hits upside the to head, too many Irish whiskey shots and way too many quarters. Like to remember all that stuff. But uh, we, uh, I love it over. Here. And I know the players do. But for them to have a. Um, if have to, they'd have to be able to work it out where maybe they come over and play three weeks in a row here. And then do a couple teams that are playing on the East Coast be able to leave right after the one, you know, their home game, and fly out there and have a, another game against a team that was from the East Coast also. It could work and if there's one person who could get it to work. That's Roger Goodell. I love the guy. I know he catches a lot of crap from a lot of people, but I love the guy, and I'm sure he would love to see that too. But time will only tell.
4: Yeah, I'm a Patriots fan, Jim, so Roger Goodell isn't necessarily Next on my Christmas it. card list sometimes. <laughs> um, very, very seriously, though, you belong to a couple of elite, if you like, quarterback clans, not only the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You come, obviously, from Western Pennsylvania, which had uh, Marino, had Montana, had Johnny U. You were part, as I said earlier, about that 83 draft, headlined by Elway, Marino again. Uh, Tony Eason, Ken O'Brien, basically the entire AFC East pr- uh, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but was there any quarterback that maybe since retiring in particular, like that you were on the opposition for, you didn't have a relationship, that you've become particularly close with since retiring or or someone that you always had a relationship with through your professional career?
1: Well, Dan Marino, me and Joe Montana are very, very close. I mean, i talk talked to John a couple of times a year, but me, Marino, and Joe get together more than that. We, you know, we meet each other, You know, drink some wine, we go to each other's golf turns. Well, we used to. They don't have their golf turns like they used to, but we're still very, very close. Um, I have a good relationship with Josh Allen here in Buffalo. Um, I'm very blessed to that. I'm good friends with Brett Favre, also Peyton Manning. Um, the quarterback, it's almost like a quarterback view. Um, you respect each other. You know each other, you know everybody's uh, good and bad uh, and ugly things. You got to get to know the family. So, our quarterback um, uh, um, fraternity is pretty good and runs pretty deep. And I probably, if I'd have to say the top three guys that I got to know pretty much is, um, well, uh, of course, Montana, Marino, and Elway but demanding families start with their, their dad, Archie. I've gotten to know Archie real well over the last 25, 30 years. And I talk to him all the time.
0: Uh, obviously as a, as a Broncos fan, Jim, very happy to hear the yellow stuff there. Look, finally from us, Jim, um, I have been saying it's on the show for weeks. I think the bills are going to Tampa. I think the bills are going to win it all personally, but you seen him Monday night and we seen your Instagram post your tweets Obviously, Josh Allen breaking the record. A couple of questions in one here, Jim, if you don't mind. What's your opinion on him breaking the record for a start? And then also, can this team go all the way? You know, Do you think it will happen? Uh, so, Just your thoughts on Josh Allen and on this Bills team this year.
1: Yeah, Josh Allen's amazing. I mean, the arm that he has is unmatched. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has a strong arm, but there's nobody like Josh Allen. Um, his athletic ability sometimes gets him in trouble because he runs so much and but he's cut that back a lot and uh, he's the accuracy. He went from the worst in the NFL to the best in the NFL. This year, he's one of the best ever. Um, He broke a lot of my records and people go, are you mad that he broke your records? I said, are you crazy? Heck no. If he's breaking my records, that means we're winning football games. And uh, you know what, back when I played, it was so different than what they're doing nowadays with no touching receivers and those receivers can get open a lot easier now. Um, just the systems that they run, they throw the football a lot more. I love it. I, I love watching. I'm sure you guys enjoy watching exciting football, not watching off-tackle right, off-tackle left, off-tackle right, wide left. No, we like seeing the air. We love seeing people score points. And Josh Allen is one of those guys is lighting it up. And I pray that they get that opportunity uh, to be able to move and move on in the playoffs week by week. Um, It's a lot easier on quarterbacks nowadays because when they travel to away games, they no longer have to worry about crowd noise. And Kansas City is one of the toughest places to play when there's 85,000 people screaming because they never, ever sit down. And Buffalo is one of the toughest places to play because of our fans. So when opponents come in, the big advantage, they don't have to worry about the Bills Mafia being there. So they just have to worry about not making too many mistakes because our team, the Buffalo Bills, can score points.
0: Well, I hope you're sitting, Jim, first Sunday in February, a very happy man, either in Tampa or at home. But time will tell in that sense. I don't want to say on behalf of all these lads, but we massively appreciate you, uh, just appreciate you coming on the show. If not for us, but for every NFL fan in Ireland, the UK and, and, and just a foreign column, I'm sure you would echo those thoughts as well.
2: Absolutely. It's been a a real honor and and a pleasure. Um, You're 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 a superstar, Jim, uh, on and off the field. So uh, thank you for taking the time to speak to us. And we look forward to seeing that movie of uh, of your life and, and, and your wife's life. And it sounds like you're doing amazing work.
1: Well, I appreciate that. I thank you all very much for allowing me to come on. I know that uh, the movie will probably be out sometime, probably 2023, somewhere around there, give or take, you know, six months. But uh, the bottom line is I want a big shout out to the O'Hare family, to McGinn family, and, of course, the Kelly family. God bless you all. And the last thing I got to say is up, Have one. Cheers. Here we go. Buffalo. <laughs>